Good morning, listeners. God's peace be with you. I hope you're having a fantastic day so far. Uh, You heard that right. This is actually a morning episode today. I've decided to go full bore on this lifestyle change and wake up early this morning to uh, give you the podcast. So I hope, uh, again, you're doing well, and uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, Some updates on the podcast. We're actually doing pretty well. This is going to be the fifth episode in the month of February, which was a goal of mine. And so I really hope that uh, you enjoy it, and I look forward to getting your feedback. So uh, so let's just jump into it. Why why early morning episode today, right? Now, it's not going to be quite as early as I'd like, but the way I see it, as long as I'm making a few changes in my lifestyle, it I don't think it would hurt that much to try some other new things. As long as I'm seeking to, to get what's best, why not... Uh, see whatever else I can throw in there to, to mix it up. So the sum total of changes that I'm doing so far is uh, one, I'm doing the carnivore diet for Lent. And then depending on how that goes, I'll either do that or I'll bump back to keto, which is what I've been doing so far, uh, which honestly is just fantastic. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this, this carnivore change. I'm going to be waking up early in the morning. I'm hoping to get to 4.30 every single day. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, experience over the past couple of days hasn't been great. It's been good, but not like particularly fan- unbelievably fantastic. Um, I've been waking up at five, but this this is something I did when I was in high school. I had an early early exercise period, but I wanted to exercise. I wanted to get my breakfast in before I went and exercise, so I would eat breakfast at like five thirty in the morning, so I could work out at six thirty. And it was really it was really a beneficial thing for me. So I'm hoping to get back into that. Uh, I'm also hoping to get some more regular exercise in combined with that, probably doing it in the mornings. I've technically uh, done regular exercise before, particularly when I was uh, an intern over in Portland. I would run basically every day. Uh, but I do want to get back into it. I recently I broke uh, the 24 minute barrier for running a 5k. And I actually did that outside on the sidewalk, which I've never done before. I'm very proud of that. Um, so I'm hoping to keep that up and maybe eventually break the 23-22 barriers uh, eventually, because I think that would uh, that would put me in a pretty good position health-wise. Um, I've also tried using the Wim Hof method for breathing uh, and meditation. Um, that's a something I haven't actually talked about yet. Uh, so what's the, what is the Wim Hof method? All right, what is it? If you're curious, it is a uh, it's a process of guided breathing and cold therapy, which is uh, designed to regulate stress and improve the body's ability to regulate and recover energy. the uh, The first part of that is the guided breathing, which is just a all around healthy habit, especially when combined with meditation. The key to guided breathing is really simple: you follow your breath. You know, you just listen to what you're breathing, uh, listen to your body's uh, flow of breath in and out. You think about it. You actually actually put your energies onto it. Focus on the air that moves through your body. Breathing is generally a subconscious process, but by focus on it, focusing on it, by being deliberate about it, uh, you'd actually focus your mind onto your body. It takes the conscious and it directs it toward a a simpler part of the subconscious to humble it, really. It it takes a ridiculous amount of brain power to just focus on breathing, just just in and out. 
over and over and over. That, that simple activity is so hard that if you try doing it for a few minutes, you'll, you'll, you'll end up being distracted. You'll eventually get distracted. Go ahead. Try it. Try it sometime. It is truly remarkable how much has to happen in the body without oversight, how much just works. You know, this is not just breathing, but also your heart, your, your internal organs, your immune system. Everything is operating on its own. Guided breathing is one way to remember this. But it also provides other benefits like uh, relaxation, stress relief, and improved energy. So it's all around a good, a good thing. So that's the first part of the Wim Hof Method. The second pillar of the Wim Hof Method is cold exposure. Now this can be as simple as just taking a cold shower every once in a while instead of a warm one. Uh, warm showers have good benefits because the steam opens up your pores and allows toxins to get out, but cold showers can be beneficial as well. Cold therapy can improve sleep quality, can improve metabolism, and strengthen the nervous system and immune system, so it's it's got all sorts of other benefits. It, it's strange how much after I, I went and worked out, a cold shower felt more natural. It felt like I was underneath a waterfall because I just happened to, to go there and I needed to rinse off. And so I went under the waterfall and I rinsed everything off and you know, kept my body moving. And it was it was very, very relaxing and very guttural in its nature. I'm, I'm humbled, honestly, by how much the, the body can overcome. I, uh, once you get used to cold, once you get acclimated to it, you can handle much colder weather than you would think. Just by just by experiencing it, and and so this is another side of it, right? So with the breathing, you're humbled by your body's your body's abilities. But here with cold showers, it's also it's a reminder that that your body is able to to do much more and to handle much more than you think it's capable of if you just give it time, if you let it get used to it. A few years ago, I only took cold showers. It was a summer time, sure, but I only did that, and I remember that after a week or so, it really didn't phase me that much. I mean, it, it really is it really is amazing how quickly our bodies will react to adapt to our environments. And I think that's the theme of all of my lifestyle changes. You know, at, at least that's why I'm willing to test them out. We put our bodies through so much, so much work, so much stress, just in our everyday activities. We've increased our access to everyone and everything. I mean, seriously, all of humanity's collection of intelligence is being placed in our back pockets every day. Back pocket, right there. But we don't stop and think, hey, is this a good idea? Is it good to have all this all this intelligence available? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like it, and it's helpful. The tech we have makes life much easier. But But that's just it. Should it be? Should we be constantly trying to make our lives easier, or is there a greater goal toward which we should struggle? Is there something else that is important for us to put our energies toward? Is there a better way to serve our neighbors than by making it easier to entertain them? The first step in answering this question in my mind is realizing that I don't know the answer. It's not something that comes naturally when all intelligence is available to me, but this isn't a question of intelligence. This is a question of wisdom. That is, after all, the first step in getting wisdom is you have to realize you don't have it. You can't get wisdom. I can't get wisdom until I realize I need it. 
and its wisdom that we seek in this age of intelligence. The information won't provide meaning. It won't instill value. Information can't build communities or strengthen friendships or comfort a lonely person. Technology can make these things easier, and knowing information can make these things easier, but it can't, it can't do it itself. And I fear that's what I've done with technology, is supplant the natural methods of gaining insights with meaningless alternatives. There are natural ways that by interacting with the world, you, you learn about it. And I've replaced them because I have technology. Can I ever get lost? No, not anymore. I have a GPS. Can I ever really, truly be alone? Well, no, I've got a phone. Can I ever go hungry? Not really. If I'm hungry, there's a grocery store down the road. I can probably get that. You know. Now, the system's inherently weak. Yes, there's a lot of moving parts. You know, coronavirus could come and just wipe us all, you know, wipe a whole bunch of people out and destroy everything and infrastructure goes kaput and what have you. Yes, but it's here right now. And because we don't have coronavirus, because we don't have that that stressor, where am I? Where am I? The technology we have, while while it is wonderful and useful, does not add sufficient struggle in life to build up the body. The technology removes the need for grit. It removes the opportunity for a man to develop character. But it doesn't remove the biological and communal demand that a man must develop character. When life gets too easy, we can easily forget how to survive a blizzard, a drought, or a famine. We forget how to overcome great distances in great discomfort how to stretch our limits to their full potential. We forget that we truly know nothing about who we are and what we can do. And as such, we forget that we need this knowledge. We need to remember what it is to struggle. I need to remember that I am a fool. In the past, I've walked several miles outside in cold weather when I had to get somewhere. Last winter, when my car was out of commission, I wandered through suburbs for about 10 miles to get to choir, on foot, through places I'd never been. It was, it was fantastic. It brought back the feeling of discovery, the, the joy of patience, and the clarity of self-control which I had in my youth. I could go where I wanted. I could t take a side route if I saw it. I could take a detour with comfort. It reminded me that I could walk 10 miles if I needed to, and that the car was just there to make things easier. I didn't need it, but it was helpful. In the past, I fasted for several days, particularly around Passion Week. Eating nothing from Maundy Thursday till Easter Sunday definitely helped keep Easter breakfast from affecting my waistline, but it taught me a better lesson. Food is a gift. I didn't need to eat all the time. I would be fine with less. I could survive. To do that, at the same time that the word that was preached was the crux of our faith, helped me focus on that word and away from my own wants. But the lesson of not needing the food remains. The greater focus is heightened and the lesser focus is remembered. In the past, I've gone on spontaneous trips into the wilderness trying to get away from civilization. 
There are days I've gone where no one could reach me. Turned off a phone and just been alone. There was a risk involved, to be sure. If I'd been injured, attacked, or otherwise incapacitated, I'd have a harder time getting help. But I believe the peace of mind and the need to force myself to live with myself was worth it. So now, how do I remember I am a fool? How do I remember that I fundamentally don't know what I'm doing? That I do not know how to build a community? That I do not know how to strengthen my friendships? That I do not know how to care for other people as well as I should? How do I remind myself that I, that I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> fundamentally? Especially when I make a, a weekly habit of telling other people what I'm thinking. It's incredibly difficult, and, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this today. It's one of the reasons why I wrote out much of what I wanted to say today, and now I'm kind of wandering in the, in the fog, because now I'm forced to remember that when I'm on my own, when I am sitting here in front of this screen with a microphone in my face, I, I fundamentally do not know what I'm talking about. And so this has been helpful for me. This, this opportunity to share with you, this opportunity to talk is, is helpful for me to remember that I don't actually know, that I don't know anything, that I am a fool. I'm a young and, and crazy and wild, lost fella who's just trying to figure out what he's doing with himself. Right? I'm, I'm honestly right now, because, because I wrote out some of the other things I wanted to say, fumbling for words, trying to figure out what, what to bring out, what to express. There are def definitely other things that I've done in my life to try and bring other points to the fore, to try and change my environment, to remind me of a lesson I need to learn. Right, But the problem is, the problem with that is that I had to know the lesson I wanted to learn. That's, that's wisdom. And the only reason I knew I needed to learn a certain lesson is because somebody else was there to show me. Someone else was in my life to show me the lesson that needed learning. There was some force at work. Now, some of the force that was at work was the fact that I had a good upbringing. That in my, in my family life, I had the opportunity to wander amongst sagebrush and weeds out in the wilderness that I could see the horizon and and be a I didn't have a phone that when I was a young boy I was free to just go and my my parents trusted me not to you know totally mess everything up part of that might have been we lived in a decent community not that it was actually a good community but that it was it was small enough that we could kind of handle getting lost but there was a bunch of wilderness around. You know, my younger brother, was, uh, whose birthday it is actually today, happy birthday, um, he, uh, he, he made a habit of going off on his own and getting lost. And that benefit of knowing that that was possible has encouraged me to seek it out in my life now, to go seek out loneliness, to seek out boredom, right? as I've talked about in the past. But how do you seek out the thing you don't know about? How do you find the thing that you don't know you don't have? 
right? That's it is why the first step to getting wisdom is realizing that you need it. That you 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 need wisdom. You don't have it. That you're a fool. You know, the first thing I have to do is realize this that I'm a fool and I I don't, right? I'm telling you right now that I I I don't that I know I'm a fool, but the thing is I don't realize that. I don't fully understand that. And I don't think I will. And that's the problem. That is the problem that that I mean, fundamentally we have as as human beings in a fallen world, right? Because wisdom is Jesus and we need more. But it's it's the fact that that exists permeates more than just my spiritual life. Or or perhaps it's more accurate to say that my spiritual life affects more than just my perception of what happens on Sundays. That 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 fundamental brokenness, that critical wickedness, that natural inclination to believe that I have all the answers. That first that somehow though the words that I say are are meaningful and important. That natural impulse has to be be crushed in, in every piece of my life. It has to be you know worked at and and ground down in so many other ways because it's not it's not enough to and it, it's not enough because it's just not enough. There's nothing that I can fundamentally do in and of myself to get the wisdom I need. So what am I stuck with now? What I'm stuck with is I, I want to learn that I'm a fool. I, and I think this is, maybe this is what the, the rituals were of, of manhood that men have gone through in the past. You know, you know how in, in the past there, there's coming of age rituals that every civilization fundamentally has. There's a way that a young boy must go through something, must struggle through something to realize that he's a man. And the way we look at them now is, I think, that we look at this as, as this young boy is going out into the world to, to overcome some challenge and to you know, f- get enough grit to prove that he has the ability to, to do what needs to be done in, in the civilization, in culture, that he, can, that he can live on his own, he can stand on his own feet, that he will be a, a member of the, the society and the culture and, and do things the way they ought to be done. But I, I wonder sometimes if part of that is also realizing that every other man had to go through the same thing. That all of the men who you look up to, all of the wise sages in your community, they had to go through something as well. They had to go they were once this young, frightened, foolish boy who doesn't know what he's doing, who doesn't know how to, to get out of this pickle, who doesn't, who, who's fundamentally out in the wilderness alone trying to hunt, and he, he, he's, he knows he's been taught, but he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to, to do it because he, he knows he must. He knows it is his duty as a man to go and, and hunt and, and, and bring something back so that he can become a man, and he knows he won't become a man until he does. And then when he becomes a man, he will realize that every other man in the tribe has been through that same experience. Every other member of his community, every other man he deals with was once, was once that foolish young boy who doesn't know what he's talking about, that everybody else has been in, in, in those shoes. Because if that's part of it, 
we can do that. I don't know how exactly, but but that seems to me to be a better target. To create a a way that that I can re- remember that the men above me were once the fools that I am now. That we've all been in the same spot, and and you know they'll they'll admit that they don't know what they're doing sometimes too. They'll admit that they've they made some mistakes, yeah, but the freedom to be an idiot the freedom to not know what you're talking about the freedom to make mistakes is is part of what it means to to be free it's part of what it means to be an idiot a fool not an idiot but a fool right and i shouldn't use the word idiot because idiot implies intelligence fool fool is about wisdom I don't know what I'm talking about. I am a, I am a fool and and I I hope I I hope that somewhere in these ramblings you find value. Um I mean the fact that I'm able to consistently get other people to listen and, and give me feedback on this is something that I truly truly appreciate. Um and I hope that that you're able to consider the words that I'm saying as words that you might need to say as well, if that's helpful for you. Perhaps there needs to be some sort of physical thing we do as a community, as a culture, um, as a society, as a nation, as a people set apart that uh, reminds us of that foolishness. I know I'm trying something out right now. This would uh, be probably the fifth point, right? So we've got carnivore, we've got early mornings, regular exercise, Wim Hof. Technically, the fifth point is that I shaved my head for Lent. Yeah, that was that was really stupid. Um, I mean, it feels great, don't get me wrong, but it's weird. It's really weird. Um, I don't know where I got the idea from. I know that when I recently was reading through the book of Job, it is something that he does when, you know, when he loses his family, Job shaves his head. It's a sign of repentance of some of some kind, uh, but why? Why is that the case? I don't know. So I'm going to try and find out. <laughs> you know, I I am ha- naturally redheaded. I have this you know really great set of hair when I grow it out. People generally comment on it; they like it or they don't like it. And um, you know, people who don't like it generally don't comment. So I don't know the people who don't. Uh, but I'll get comments every once in a while about about it and. So I'm hoping to see if there is something something there, something about shaving the head. The thing is, I don't know. And maybe, maybe oh, well, I'm going to see if there's some value in it, so I'll do it myself. Maybe that's not the right way to go about life. Maybe it's not, and it probably isn't, because there's a lot of things you just shouldn't do. But in terms of piety, right, fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training, for receiving the supper but that person is truly worthy and well prepared who has faith in the words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins so then if that faith is what matters what is the bodily preparation what does that do how does that focus my my being on what is proper what is good how can that remind me of the words that matter and the, and help me forget the things that don't that's my that's my quest here, really. 
please, 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 when you when you listen to this podcast, do not think that I am spouting significant intelligence and and grand wisdom. Because if you're looking for somebody to to give you information on a topic, you're looking in the wrong spot. If you want to know about global warming and its effects, there's plenty of highly educated skeptics out there or people with at least different approaches to solving whatever problem we actually do have. If you're looking to find somebody who can talk to you about informative diets, you can do your own research. There's There are things available. You know, it sounds right now like I'm not asking you to listen to this podcast and frankly, if that's what you're here for, I would encourage you to go find the resource that will do it better. If you are here because you're in the same boat as me, if you're here because you also want to to go about this process of learning what wisdom is and, 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 and more, more accurately learning that we're fools and trying to, to learn how to learn that, how to remember that, how to keep that in the forefront, to... to Try and, and detect what way of living is going to give us the opportunity to interface with the world around us, to make our unique confession. If you're here to try and figure out what to do with the immortal body while not actually knowing if the generations that came before us actually knew what they were talking about, then I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad you can join me. And I hope that, well, one, I hope you don't shave your head just because I did. Because, frankly, that's really stupid. Because, um, honestly, I don't know why I did it myself. And I, I get the feeling, I get the feeling that I did it just to remind myself that I don't know what I'm doing. And hopefully to remind everybody else that I don't know what I'm doing. But on the off chance that it actually is helpful... I'll share that. And so I hope that at the very least you'll you'll listen to what I have to say, take it into consideration, and advise me back. And that amongst ourselves we can communicate and challenge and sharpen one another in our pursuit of knowing that we don't actually know wisdom, that we need the wisdom that comes from the outside, the wisdom that declares truth to us, the wisdom that comes down from above, the word, the word, the true, the truth, the way, the truth, the life, the, the incarnate God, that we need that because without that, we're, we're nothing. Unless that which is above all things, which has all knowledge, and all truth and all life, unless it comes down to us, we are helpless because we are fools and we are sinners. And without that knowledge from the outside, what can we do?